This is the podcast by The Straits Times. This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now on February the 7th, we got a tragic demonstration of what can go wrong in the Himalayas. In the North Indian state of Uttarakhand, a massive wall of water and debris came roaring down the Alaknanda and Dhauliganga rivers, wiping out everything in its path, including two hydropower plants and killing, of course, many people. Rescue workers are still clearing debris and searching for survivors. Now, this flood, more like an avalanche, appears to have been triggered by a massive landslide, a slope of ice and rock detached completely from near the summit of the mountain called Nanda Devi crashed onto the glacier below and bulldozed the ice and debris into the rivers. What we do not know is what caused this break-off. The Himalayas are inherently unstable. Rocks shift and crack, ice forms and melts, and periodic earthquakes rip through the mountains. Human infrastructure, roads and dams, not only exacerbate all this, but place people in harm's way. So today I am joined by... Dr. Ravi Chopra, director of the People's Science Institute in Dehradun, which is the capital of Uttarakhand, and Kunda Dixit, publisher and editor of the Nepali Times newspaper in Kathmandu. Thank you both for joining Asian Insider today. Thank you. So, Dr. Chopra, I should start with you since you actually led a committee that advised the government to reduce the scale of its road and dam building in the Himalayas. I see a lot of reports saying the advice was largely ignored. Is this being seen as a wake-up call? I hope it is seen as a wake-up call, but I would not say that the report was ignored. We submitted the report in April 2014. In December 2014, the Ministry of Environment and Forests in India filed an affidavit in the Supreme Court saying that the ministry had accepted the report and all the recommendations in it. Thereafter, some private developers went to court saying that we were given environmental clearances after all due procedures were followed and therefore we should be allowed to complete our projects. That case led to two more committees and the case is still being fought in the Supreme Court six years later. Coming to you, Kunda, you have seen this kind of tragedy before in Nepal and you've been writing on the Himalayas and on climate change for a very long time. What are your thoughts following this? What happened um, in uh, Uttarakhand is almost identical uh, to two um, disasters that took place uh, in Nepal that we know of. Uh, one was in Pokhara in 2012, where uh, just like Nanda Devi, a chunk of Annapurna 4 uh, broke off from near the summit um, and plunged into the glacier below. And just through the friction and the heat that it generated, as well as um, the warmer uh, air in the lower altitude, all, all this melted. And it came down uh, in this um, almost like a tidal wave uh, into settlements below. It killed about 80 people, including four tourists. Uh, and then uh, two years ago, uh, there was a flash flood that blocked the Arun River in eastern Nepal. And people thought <clears throat> it was just a monsoon flood. But it turned out it was very similar again, um, uh, a mountain on the border with China. Um, again, had broken off. It fell down into um, a glacial lake below the mountain, 
which stopped over and then um, brought it all down. So we don't know whether this is happening more frequently, but uh, it does seem that there's lots of uh, environmental factors. Climate change is definitely a factor because there are now, um, uh, there's now water where ice and snow used to be on glaciers. So this makes uh, downstream um, areas more vulnerable, which means human settlements as well as infrastructure projects. I see. Uh, Dr. Chopra, it is estimated at, by some reports that Himalayan glaciers have been melting twice as fast in the last 20 years than they were in the 25 years previous due to anthropogenic or human-induced climate change. I myself have covered this for the Straits Times. I've seen the photographic record of the shrinkage of the glacier at Gombok, for example, and I, and I visited. It melts into the Bhagirathi River. Yet the state government and New Delhi are bent on building new highways. Of course, people do also want these highways. Now, what needs to be done to ensure safety as these high mountain ecosystems become even more unstable? Is there adequate safety in place? What is, what is your advice following this? As you probably know, I am currently chairing another Supreme Court committee on this subject of road construction in the high Himalayas. Now, it's a very curious thing that the government does not want to follow the advice of its own experts. In 2012, the Ministry of Road Transport and Highways in India uh, issued a notification saying that all national highways must have 10 meters wide top surface for vehicles. But in 2018, the same ministry issued another notification saying that based on the experience of the last few years of constructing or widening roads in the Himalayas, we have revised that earlier notification and they said that the road width should not be more than 5.5 meters blacktop. Now, our recommendation was, the committee was heavily split. It was split between government officials who were in the vast majority on one side and four of us on the other side. And we said that the second notification of 2018 being more specific to the Himalayan region should be the one that should be followed. The Supreme Court heard the argument they accepted the minority recommendation and they issued an order saying that the road width should be reduced. But the state government and the union government have gone back to the Supreme Court saying that we need the wider road for defense purposes because some of these roads lead up to the Indochina border. Now, this is a very curious uh, development given that the notification of the ministry came in 2018 and till 2020 nobody had raised a voice against it. So our recommendation is that please follow the advice of the experts, both the government experts and the non-government experts. These are based on scientific evidence. We are not pulling things out of a hat. It's just like the 2014 report 
the 2014 report said very clearly that in the high Himalayas, valleys that are above an elevation whose uh, the valley bottom is above an elevation of 2000 meters is a paraglacial zone. In the past, glaciers have receded in these valleys, leaving behind a lot of moraines, sediments, uh, big boulders and what have you. When there is a flood in these valleys, the flood mobilizes all these sedimentary materials and moves downslope, downstream with great energy. If any, if it meets any barrier, it will smash that barrier, pick up more energy and move further downstream. And it will continue to move downstream, wreaking havoc on the, in the way until the bed slope begins to decrease. Now, that is a very broad recommendation, which is based on analysis of floods in that area. Okay, and the destruction that was caused in 2030. So these are not things that should be ignored. Do you think this could be a turning point? There's a lot of attention on this. It was a huge disaster. A lot of people have been killed. Uh, two, two hydropower stations have been wiped out. Maybe they should not have been there in the first place. I don't know. Uh, Dr. Chopra, any opinion on that? Well, the, there were two hydropower stations that were wiped out um, in the 2013 flood. Several were damaged. Uh, there was whites, there were more than 6,000 people who were, according to government figures, had lost their lives. And the town of uh, Srinagar was deluged, not just in water, but several meters, approximately 30 feet high wall of sand. Sand had entered buildings, homes, and made people homeless. So that was enough of a warning and a wake-up call. Yeah, right. Kunda, your thoughts on that as well. What is your advice going forward to uh, governments and well, you know developers who have to balance all these forces? Yeah, as Dr. Chopra said, you know, I mean, these are fragile mountains to begin with, right? These are very young mountains. They're crumbling. Um, there's a lot of erosion going on. There's been a glacial retreat naturally after the last ice age. Uh, and on top of that, now you have anthropogenic climate change, um, which is making it even more vulnerable. Um, and, uh, and there's a lot of risk. But on top of that, now we have uh, this rampant infrastructure construction, buildings, roads, highways, um, uh, you know, bridges, uh, hydropower plants. Uh, in these mountains that you see behind me, that, there are rivers that start in Tibet, flow into Nepal. But inside Nepal, there's a cascade of hydropower plants. And uh, if a disaster like this happened uh, in Nepal, you, you wouldn't just have two hydropower plants being washed down. You'd have, you know, like six or seven. Uh, and this, you know, uh, could happen any day. <clears throat> so we have actually made uh, things much worse and uh, much more vulnerable with our uh, rampant infrastructure building. Um, and it's not just, uh, you know, infrastructure along the roads, uh, uh, so along the rivers, but uh, what we in Nepal we call bulldozer terrorism, which means bulldozers just going across the mountains, building roads haphazardly, poorly engineered, creating landslides, and then, you know, making it much more risky for the slopes to come down into the river and blocking it. 
and creating floods, uh, flood disasters downstream. So, you know, we have uh, layers upon layers of risk which have now added up to something that could be catastrophic in future. I see. Dr. Chopra, back to you for the last question, actually. I was sort of picking up on Kundra's, the Nepali phrase, bulldozer terrorism. Are we seeing the similar kind of thing in Uttarakhand? Exactly. And will we see more? And we have detailed this in our report of July 2020 to the Supreme Court. We have pointed out how on one of the national highways, in a stretch of about 160 kilometers, we found 102 landslide-prone sites. And on 72 of them, landslide had already taken place during the construction phase. After, the, uh, after January 2020, there has been a major landslide almost every week until October. And after October, the incidence of landslides has decreased a little bit. Dr. Ravi Chopra in Dehradun and Kunda Dixit in Kathmandu, thank you. That was a fascinating conversation. We could carry on, but uh, and hopefully there will not be any further disasters for us to witness to bring us back together you know, on this, uh, on this topic. Thanks a lot for your time today. So the Himalayas are a geologically young mountain range, seismically active, an inherently unstable environment where risks are only going to get greater as governments and people balance the need for development with additional factors like global warming. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.